and we're live hi guys welcome to an episode of the nigerian sports fan podcast i'm your host david and i'm not gonna lie i did enjoy yesterday's um, yesterday night of football um, the champions league results i mean chelsea and arsenal losing on the same day is always a very good good thing <laughs> it's always a very good feeling for any sports fan right and i think it was a good enough consolation for whatever we were forced to whatever we were served up on tuesday the level of frustration that sports offered on tuesday wow anyways um so this episode we're going to talk about um champions league the defeat at milan um by sport defeat by milan uh, defeat at milan then we're going to talk about the chelsea dortmund game um i was quite impressed with the career by dmi goal i want to talk about how i want to do some commentary on the some of the signings some of the chelsea just some commentary on chelsea generally i want to some of that and then the man city versus arsenal game yesterday um i have a lot of thoughts in that game and i would like to to share and um, there's a deal news, obviously news of a sports takeover. I mean, it, it, this happens. This is becoming a regular occurrence. I mean, at what point is it going to finally happen? So, um, without further ado, let's enter this episode. And we begin. Well, uh, when the draws were when were made last last year. Obviously, every sports one we're looking we're looking at the um trans the um what potential teams we could face and everybody's eyes were on you know any of ac milan could be sport could be club bruges but we just need somebody that we want an easier we want an easier ride and the ac milan draw was quite a fair um kind of a draw because at least the team that you know sports should be able to beat if they play their potential and also when you remember when you also consider the fact that AC Milan's form this season hasn't been very good so that was enough for you to say okay um I think we, we this is a, this is a very good draw and it was a good draw every sports fan were like yeah but the version of sports you're going to get and the misf- if sports are going to be in trouble by then you don't know but now and now sports are in trouble um the sports issue is this right so sports are so thin defensive um in midfield so sports were forced to field um Papi Matasa and Oliver Skip. Now when I heard that was the news that was gonna that was because I mean obviously unfortunately Ben Sako pulled his ACL and he's out for I think about eight months. So basically the season is ruled out for him. And um I I should give my thoughts about that on Monday. I don't want to go over it again anymore. I will go over it anymore. But when I heard that it was Sa and Skip that were the pair in the middle, um I just wasn't I didn't really feel very 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 worried about it okay even yeah you feel worried to an extent but not as much as you because why i didn't feel worried as much was because one thing you're going to be sure of, you're going to be sure that these guys are going to give you um they're going to you're going to put their body on the line they're really going to play because they're trying to prove themselves they're young um they want to play well they want to impress so you're very sure that they're going to put in their best they're going to play 100 percent. so that's why i was not really as worried as I should have been. Yes, you say they are inexperienced, they are young, but I mean, Skip has has been playing for sports since 20, 20, 2018. I think twenty eighteen. I think he made his debut against West Ham. I think it was. I think it was West Ham. So I think it was eighteen at the time or nineteen. Any of these two, I think it was eighteen at the time. So Skip has experience. He has you know played. So on average, let's say he has been playing for the last five years of senior football, and he had an entire season on loan with Norwich City. So Skip. He's, he, has, he, has, he has seen enough, right, to know, okay, yes, this guy is well experienced. And um, probably even more experienced in Europe than a lot of, than uh, Mitoma. So, you know, because he has played a lot longer in Europe than Mitoma. So, Oliver Skip clearly 
was the guy so he has he has been the guy for some time now obviously not not i mean the guy not you know that he's amazed or anything but i mean yes i mean he did win the championship with norwich and he was instrumental to them getting promotion so he was the guy let's just put it that. let's just let, let me escape with that let's, let me escape with that let's just put it that way and then sir i mean even though yeah he came from the french league on he had enough playing time in the french league on I think he spent he was bought their loan back and he played the entire season instrumental to their to their um I think they got relegated or they went to the league too. I can't remember how this team fed, but eventually he played but he played well, scoring goals, was doing his thing. So he comes so he has enough experience. It's not like they, they were plucked out from the academy and thrown onto the pitch to go play. So when I when I saw that, that's why I wasn't really as worried. And on the ninth, they did show where where a lot of my worries were were, were coming from was the defense, right? The defense. Now the game against Leicester on the weekend, the problem was midfield. And yes, there was defense, but Leicester were always setting traps and they were pressing in midfield and winning the ball back. So sports could not really build anything out of play. To see Pape Matasa dominate a midfield that had to tonally in it. I mean it was just so good. They dominated that midfield, him and Skip. I mean they, nothing they were not nothing was I mean, yeah, bad the goal. You know, if that game ended goalless, Sa would have probably been the goal of the man of the match. Probably Matasa would have been the man of the match. Because um, the defense, despite the fact that they had some using here and there, but they didn't really have a lot much to do. There were not, not really a lot for Milan to really, really say. I could not remember multiple highlights in that game. And surprisingly, um, Emerson played well in that game also. So, if aside the goal, I would say this, right? I wasn't really feeling bad about the performance my issue was more of Conte's substitutions this is the thing here Conte spent the entire last last year spent the entire last year the entirety of the summer reminding us even towards the end of the last season reminding us how if this player gets injured we're in trouble that we had this multiple times right so now in the summer they went and got you players so he said oh it was more about improving the bench so they got you uh, Richarlison right in the summer and then generally also they got you Anna Danjuma. In a game where you see that Son wasn't isn't playing well, um, Kolosevsky isn't playing well. This is a game where you should okay consider bringing on the guys that you wanted because last season you said there was no bench and all that. Now you've gotten the bench. So what exactly is your excuse for not playing them? And the thing is this: if I'm Richarlison, I'm watching, looking at this right. Son has been awful for the last. For, for the better part of most part of the season, he was very awful. Outside the one game he saw the hatch against Leicester and the FA Cup game against um, Preston North End, where he scored a brace. Other than that, Son hasn't really been good this season. So, even if he hasn't, let, let's put it way, it's a team sport. If he's not playing well, it is detrimental to the sports side. So, what does that mean? That means bringing somebody on when Son isn't playing well. The insistence on leaving, staying that long, I mean, the entirety of the first half. He, to see the hard work Sam and um, Skip was doing in midfield, they were doing a lot of hard work, a lot of running, a lot of pressing. I mean, Sa was like Toure at one point, at one point with his long leg running around the pitch and he was, you know, getting the ball. He was strong on the ball. He was so good, fantastic. I don't think I don't think I have anything. Him and Skip, especially Sa, I have nothing bad to say about Sa in that game. He was that good in that game. You know that, that you probably wouldn't even feel much. Of it. I mean, maybe Benzaco, Benzaco have played. There would be a bit of a difference. Maybe the goal threat here, the goal threat of Benzaco would have been a difference because Saab, I mean, his long range shots were not really as good. But in other parts of the game, defensively, you know, awareness, every other part, he was so good. I mean, near flawless. I mean, nobody can get ten over ten. I mean, the short thing. But that was not really his. Uh, if since we are saved, that's not really his main strength. 
you know obviously we hope that we're getting more goals on this game probably something that will put in the future but this is more on the attack so they did all this work and then you will see son and kulu not really between enough i was so upset that tatarosanu was not tested actually when all of us know how bad tatarosanu has been all season for AC Milan. We've been seeing a lot of the gaffes he's been committing. Even the commentator talked about it. The Milan players know this and they protect him a lot. So we all know this. So why wasn't he tested enough? And that was my issue. Why is it, why was he not tested enough? Means the attack wasn't doing his job. Aside, yes, Simon Kerr held on to Kane. I mean, it was doing a lot of nasty tactics like kicking. Some probably should have won a yellow card. I think I think he had one or picked up one, but should have gotten two because he he was so tight on Kane and his tactics were very unorthodox however i'm not going i'm not one to blame referee for a loss this has a lot more to do with sports on the wings right so son and Kuzesi are not playing well i swear that okay by halftime take off son and bring on um danjuma even if you're not or richarlison even if you're not taking off kulusevsky take off son the fact that the entirety of the season that son has been bad he has never taken he has still insisted on leaving son on the pitch even when son isn't playing well Instead of leaving Son on the pitch, so you know, even now that Danjuma has joined, he is still on leaving Son on the pitch. And you're like, this is just meant to decide. This is not even working. What's the point of leaving this guy on for this long? Oh no, it didn't work. And then he waited here around, I think the 70th minute before he brought on 70th minute or so before he brought on Richarlison. Took off Kulisic, he brought on Richarlison. I think Son was still on. Then he brought on Danjuma. Danjuma late. Was it Son for Richarlison? I can't remember which which order. All I know is that eventually he changed them, but at that point it was too late in my opinion because i felt you know and the funny thing was this right there was a chance that they both create that they came on and created danjuma from midfield passed the ball to richardson richardson just played the pass to the side to kane one touch pass maybe kane should have done better there but that already showed me why they should have played that entire they should have started the game if not even played even at least played the, started the second half both of them should have started the second half because they were much better when they came on and gave Milan a lot more issues. But you know, the game is done. But my commentary on Conte, right? I am still Conte in. My reason for being Conte in is this, right? Um, I do not want another player. I don't want a case where the players are outlasting another manager. Now, if he goes out and bring another manager in, and then what happens? Oh, yeah, new rebuild. And then, look, all these players who should have been sold are getting a second chance. But that being said, okay, the other reason also is this, right? The system he plays. That are the two reasons why you know the players that sports have bought sports don't have any traditional left back they don't have any traditional right back right they are wing backs i mean emerson is the only traditional right back but then again the right wing back poro left wing back is who sports doji who's coming next season. so sports have wing backs not left backs not full backs at the moment not right back and left back both have wing backs right now that now that's been said i can't it's hard to defend conti on the things he's been doing now listen in as much as we want to I want to try and be positive here and hope that it's not the case. His demeanor has shown. I mean, I saw a tweet from somebody who was saying that Conte reminds him of his last job when he went to leave. You know, it's like he just showed up, did the bare minimum and left. Never really putting a lot into the job. So what about you're seeing with Conte, right? Because the tactics, the substitution, you know, it makes you wonder, bro, do you want to be here? You know, and this is on the other side of the coin when you look at it. Because now, even if you say, okay, I'm Conte in, on the other side, you see... But wait, does this guy want to be here? Because you know his demeanor, the way he talks, talks in the, the way he talks in the media. And, and I know last this time last season, this time last year, he was um, making these comments also in front of the media. You know, after the loss at Burnley, when he was you know making a lot of comments, you know, talking about things, talking, saying things like, oh, 
so, something along the lines of you know um, it's a difficult job that you know basically this attitude of okay i am doing you a favor kind of vibe right and then when everything turned around you know okay fine because it's gonna be here for the long haul right people hope for that but so far th- now this time you kind of get that fear that you know what if this time is not gonna be there's not gonna be a turnaround because that is the fear that is in the mind of a lot of fans even mine i'm having that feel like what if this time is not gonna be turned around because what if the demeanor this time we could say that he's raising hell because he wants the board he wants to keep them on their toes but what are what is the proof this time what what about this time you know because i mean if you've got your attackers in the general window and then the subs is, because last season the substitutions he was making last season we could understand that there were no options right but this time what's the excuse there are options on the bench attacking options. and again last weekend yes the goal should, should have done better for the header um, hernandez won in the air and maybe dyer should have done better whatever but that was one goal conceded right the attack should have been able to do enough to, to score two to win where was all of that you know where you have a bench why is not utilizing that you can't really blame the defense and the, and the midfield in that game i can't really blame them that much okay fine the goal yes but i'm not going to blame a lot because the attack was that bad well, the attack was that bad they offered nothing up front offered little creation i could not remember how many times Tatarosanu was really tested it's not about i'm not talking about a tame shot here and there. i'm talking about a real test like an extended level of um bombardment of of attacks you know that kind of and it would have folded eventually because he isn't a very good goalkeeper and i heard magnan is gonna be so magnan is returning for the next leg so that that's already makes you extra infuriated that tatarusano is and if you look at AC milan's form and the fact that sports lost that game it could make it makes you extra annoyed extra angry you know, with that being said, I think I understand why Conte hasn't won a lot of knockout matches. I think I saw a stat where the last time he won a knockout match, um, Kane hadn't scored his first goal for sports. And Kane has scored 27 goals. So, that record isn't good at all. <laughs> it's not a good record at all. You matter how you want to look at it, it's not a good record. Oh, yeah. Another thing about um, the, the, sports, the sports fan base, yeah, saying that they want Pochettino back, Pochettino, Pochettino back. This is my own thing, right? Getting Pochettino back has to be on different conditions, right? Because, listen, in as much as we... Okay, I want to give Pochettino some credit, right? I'm giving credit. He did talk about a rebuild a lot. Even though I'm quite critical of Pochettino's souls, maybe in that final and all that, I do sometimes give him some credit and say, okay, fine, I understand why. I mean, he had some issues here and there. But the criticism about him not starting Kane, about him not starting more in the final, starting Kane instead, you know, that criticism is one that will always stay. That being said, you know, um, I do agree that he was done dirty by the ownership. I mean, he did talk about a rebuild for a long time, and he did talk about you know he didn't want to sell Dyer. So, for being honest here, you know, a lot of the players he wanted to ship them out. Rose Dyer, um, I think even was it Wings? I think it was Dembele at some point. Whatever, whatever you, whichever way you look at it, he was ready to ship out a lot of players. That is facts. That is that is just the truth. Now, the condition I want Pedersen back is if Pedersen comes back, a lot of, because I'm seeing a lot of signs that he's probably gonna be the one. Running. I mean, listen, if you, I'm seeing a lot. I'm seeing, I'm seeing. I think on his IG, he was in London with um, his ex owner. So I think there was some was in a dinner with Steve Hitchen. So he's in London, right? And then there was another recent on his IG after the game. Also, I think on his IG, on his, on his IG status, he was in London with his wife. I think on a hike or something. So. Pochettino is giving a lot. Is is let's say he's around. He's around. Let's just put it that way. He's around, 
and um, I also heard some reports that um, Spurs, you know, did try to have tried to talk to him as a way if Conte leaves, then he comes in. So it's an open secret that Pochettino is being considered for the job. We listen. In as much as I do not want Pochettino to come back, I would like maybe somebody else, maybe the I don't know. Somebody, why I want somebody else is because you know you kind of feel like a new manager comes in who hasn't been burnt out, who hasn't had. A lot of awful experiences when he comes back into the game and tries to manage things this time he will be given it will be in a situation where he will have to prove himself so you feel like he's gonna pull a lot 100 job but a manager who hasn't really done that there's a bit of an issue there now that being said but his experience is maybe sports and psg but that's the reason why i don't back however the condition i want to know back is he has to play three at the back. He has to. And it's not like he is alien to the system because he played that system at Spurs um, in his second... And that season Spurs finished... That season Spurs finished second to Chelsea. Where it was a back three. It was... Um, it was um, right side at a very red, Dyer in the middle and Ventura on the left side. The wing backs were Walker and Rose. And the midfield duo was Wanyama and um, this guy. And um, Dembele. And then the front three, it was two number tens. It was Ericsson and Dele Ali behind Hurricane up front. That's it. So if that is the system, so yesterday I played a back three. I hope he plays. He has to play back there because the personnel available at the club is not a back four. And then listen, if you build up, if you're trying to, this is what sports did, right? You build at first, you try to build a team for a back four. Didn't work. And then you try and build a team. This is the other Mourinho system. They try to build a system where. The right fullback will be like an auxiliary winger. Brought Doherty in, so he has no. Then there'll be a left left back who talks inside, which was Ben Davis. Now, Mourinho has left, right? The next season, you have brought Nuno in as a point. As a, you appointed Nuno as the next manager. Nuno comes in. He wants to play a back four. You know, a back three. Now you bring Emerson. You bring these guys. You that system you want to play didn't work. Now Nuno goes. Now you bring a back three manager like Conte to play back three. So. It is this zigzag in the last two three years. So the point is this: he has to play back three. That is probably the only. I was like, he has to play back three, he, because that's the personnel available. And then for supposed to come and start trying to rebuild again for back four, they started. So he can play back. That's the option. Other option is this time, a lot of all those players who who should not be here, they have to be sold this time. I don't want to hear any. Well, giving him a second chance. We don't want to hear that. They have to leave. They have to go. Um. Then um Undombele, Davies, um the ones already out on loan, right? Dombele and Winks have to stay there. I think some other players is also on loan. Lo Celso also can return. Currently in the squad, Danganga, Davies, Dyer, Sanchez, Emer- Emerson. Yeah, I would say Emerson also. Emerson, because Jet Spence is returning next season. Emerson, Loris, Forster. Oh my goodness. I mean and the thing is this, right? If you look at sports, a lot of the proper investment have to happen in defense and goalkeeping, actually, if you look at it. Because wing-backs... Okay, fine, left wing-back, but Udoji is coming next. And so, even if Cesc leaves, if Ferris still stays, I mean, you can understand that it's going to be a backup. So, you know, man, it's not really something that you would really put a lot of stress into. But a lot of, If you have a proper, a competent left-side centre-back, you know, the Ferris issue won't be that amplified. However, sports, the law of sports investment have to happen at the back, not in the front, not in midfield. I mean, the midfield because, I mean, there's Skip and Sad, they've, done, they've shown that they can play well. Then you have Hoybeer. Hoybeer can be improved on, I agree. You have Benson Core, right? But even if 
But sir, that way be a position can be fought for. But then you have Besuma. So you got five for a position of two days. So it's not like it's something that cannot be fixed. But a lot of the investments have to happen in defense and goalkeeping and goalkeeper. Those two positions, those two areas of the PGS sport have to really put a lot of money into. So that has to happen. And I don't want to hear any keep giving them a second chance kind of thing. No, Dyer, Tanganga, Davies, Sanchez, Emerson. Yes, I'm thankful. I know Emerson has played well recently, but Emerson, I'm sorry, I'm not really changing my mind on that. He has to play well for an extended. Like the, the his bad period has like as over as uh, overpower overshadowed the the good ones. The good ones are, are a handful, and that's that already says a lot, you know. So that's the options for me. I'm like, okay, fine, Poch can return. But if he returns and then it's the same, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. There's not a proper proper clear out in the summer. There's not a situation where he gets quality defenders. Right, I'm talking. I'm, Romero is already there. We get it. Whereby CCB and LCB, you know, and also some backups for that position. Listen, I don't want Dyer and Davis. I mean, okay, Davis might be a backup, fine, but Dyer cannot be a backup. No way. Sanchez cannot be, but Tanga cannot be backups. These guys have to go, you know. So you can't keep those guys at the club. So we've established that. That's just that's just it for me. Those guys can remain. That's the option. Loris has to leave, so you have to bring in somebody who's a ball-playing goalkeeper. Maybe like Raya or um, um, Sanchez, right? This, any of these two goalkeepers, the one at Brighton, I think Sanchez is one at Brighton, Raya is the one at Brentford. I think Brent, Raya isn't signing a new contract, so that looks like one that sports can do. Sports can do that deal in the summer and it's going to be cheap. So you can get that one in. You can get centre-backs in. I mean, if you look around, and you know, if you look around, it's possible to get centre-backs. I'm sorry, you can easily throw a dice, you can roll a dice or shake a, a ballot with multiple balls in it and bring one out and you can pull out any name of centre back and they will be better than Tanganga, Sanchez and Dyer. They will be better. So you know that's what we do need to and then if Hinkapi if Hinkapi is the one they're gonna to try to get, they have to try to start trying to do that deal now. Because they signed a new contract, there's no no release clause so Leverkusen can put a price on that guy on on him and they're gonna try and milk as much as they can for for that guy. So I think that's one sports have to really try if that's what they're trying to do they should go in if they go in and say okay we want to sign this guy if it doesn't work go and get somebody else quickly but a lot of emphasis have to be in defense and and i i think if i might look at it i'm saying okay fine i can understand i can understand why you know a lot of times i don't understand why a lot of fans because if i look at the attackers is not really a priority at the moment it's more of a defensive thing and that's just where sports need to just pour a lot of money in but you know that's a lot of not that and then, um, yeah, I think that's that's all I have to say on the, on the whole sports thing. Return leg at the sports stadium. Hopefully, we we win that game. I think it's gonna be in March because it's next week. Depending on some other sets, they're gonna play next week. I think it's gonna be in March, first week of March, if I'm not mistaken. But sports really need to make sure that they win that second leg. Listen, sports can beat this in Milan. I'm sorry, I do not I do not care how good they've been or anything anything i saw them they were so ordinary yes they were missing ben said they were missing um this guy tomori and magnan i'm sorry but i do not care i think sports are a better side sports are better than AC Milan. sports should be able to be the similar i'm sorry they should be able to be the similar there's just no excuse to not win this tie that's just my my take on the whole thing it is doable and we're going to get the hoibian by the time hoibian returns but Hoibier has been good. I know a lot of fans do think he hasn't, but I think he's going to be very key in the second leg. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes by the second leg returns. Um, yeah, my second leg game. And then Chelsea lose to Dortmund. Listen, if Chelsea lose on the same night as Arsenal lose, it's always a very good feeling. 
and then Chelsea lost. And also, before I talk about Chelsea game, lastly, that ninth also sports played. Um, PSG Bayern, Bayern won um, one nil. I didn't really watch that game. I was more I was watching the sports game, so I don't really have a lot of commentary on that game. But all I will say is, I think Mbappe had a goal right for offside. You know, but the second leg is going to be interesting. I mean, the one goal lead. I think in the, the two games. I think two, over, in those two matches. A one goal lead on the same nine, one goal lead in Champions League, especially in the Champions League, even when there were away, there was a way goal rule. A one goal lead is still not a good enough, strong enough lead to hold on to. But this time that there is um, no away goal rule, you know, so you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how how the the second leg of these two matches, you know, turn out. You know, but you know that being said, that's it. And then um, Chelsea lose to Dortmund. And, um, I think Benfica beat Club Bruges. So. Um, over, I think that's uh, the summary But the Chelsea one is the one I did check out. I did peep the highlights. I didn't watch it because I was watching the Arsenal versus Man City. I, I was busy watching Arsenal's downfall unfold before my very eyes. <laughs> um, see, the Chelsea lost to Dortmund. Um, Adeyemi scoring, Karim Adeyemi scoring to scoring the one goal to take the lead to win the, the, the tie for 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 Dortmund. Not the tie, but the game for Dortmund. So the second leg is going to be at Stamford Bridge Dressing. Again, a one-goal lead is still not a certain one. But the way Chelsea are looking so far this season, it's not looking like um a good it's not looking like a good um it's not looking very good. It's not looking like there's no Chelsea fan that will tell you they're confident they will turn this tie around. And that's that's probably says a lot. And and also in midweek, I think there was a news after my episode on Monday. I did talk about even I've been, I've been sounding this for a long time that I think the Chelsea hierarchy are looking at Arsenal's Arteta and saying we're going to give him time, we're going to give uh, Potter time. And that's I've been saying this for a long time. And again, the news that came out confirmed it that they're going to give him time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, listen, they're going to give him not days, not months. I mean, yeah. So he's going to be given time to turn this around. So whether you like it or not, Potter is your manager for the country. But as long as Chelsea don't get relegated, so Chelsea ownership are ready. They are willing to wait. They are willing to suffer. They are considering it a, a small price for salvation. Even though personally, I don't think it's a good signing. I start, I will wait to be wrong, you know. But I do not think it's I do not think it's a good idea that they are holding on to the guy because if you look at the investments they've made. I expect a turnaround this quickly. And I, listen, even if not like it's number thing, I'm, I'm not saying it's change for a title, but I'm saying that. At least, if you made all these quick signings just because of time, you can plug these gaps in quickly. I think these signings they do overwhelm Potter. They, they probably overwhelm him. They probably do, and you know maybe he's not been able to. Because now, I mean, Modric hasn't looked good. Obviously, he was playing that game. He was making some crosses here and there. But the fact he hasn't scored for for Chelsea does um does uh, does worry me because now if he plays against Spurs, he's likely going to get his first goal. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is the history. It's just way too now, just for some funny reason. But yeah, but I think it was. It was. I think Chelsea's um, Chelsea's form is going to be. It's going to be. I think Chelsea fans will brace themselves because it's really going to be a long ride. Yeah, that's the end of that one. And then the Man City versus Arsenal game. I think this is the one that um, you've been waiting for. This is the one I really want to talk about. Alexander Pro. I'm going to start with Grealish. Um, Jack Grealish. He scored the second goal yesterday. Um, if you've been listening to my episodes in last season, even, even I think it started this season also. I think I think last I said a lot last season. I said Jack Grealish in this next season is going to be much better than he was previous season. My reasons were very simple, right? Um, at Villa, he was hugging onto the he was playing in a style where he was holding onto the ball a lot longer. Guardiola's system, you don't hold onto the ball a lot longer. You are supposed to make the passes. Short passes very fast, you can move the ball very quickly. At Villa, Grealish could hold the ball, could do his thing, the freedom and all that. Now, you could argue that Grealish could have moved to a club, yeah, they would have allowed him to do that. 
But at Man City, it was a different challenge. So he was meant to move back quickly. And I think he even said, I think we had an interview. He had an interview recently where he was talking about his him knowing the system and all that and learning and all that. So it's not like it's it's not like I'm saying anything that's not confirmed. I mean, it's confirmed. It's like this is you know it's it. So Grealish, you know, he scored. I think he scored in the Manchester derby. I think he scored. I think he won a penalty against Aston Villa. People say he died. Well, man, you know. Whatever, but really so far has been good this season for Villa, for 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 Man City, and this season he has adapted, he's a lot much better this time, and that's what I'm talking about, you know. And it's the same thing that with Rodri also the same thing, maybe not exactly the same in the sense of playing style and all that, but okay, maybe playing style honestly, because he came from Simeone's Atletico Madrid and joined Man City, but Rodri's first season, the season that was season when Liverpool won the league, Rodri was adapting, he was struggling. Those tactical fouls, he wasn't able to get them as quickly as, as effectively as possible. I think he was picking up many yellows a lot. He was picking up yellows. He was picking up yellows. He wasn't them as, as subtly as um, Fernandino was doing them. So he was struggling. Second season, Man City win a double. He was instrumental to that. So if you look at Rodri, look at the way Rodri is designed, look at the way um, Man City had designed his system as a player, in Man City's system and the way he was able to adapt. You should not be surprised that Grish took a whole year. I know people were talking about his, his price tag. Well, you know, so far, I think so far this season he has looked very good. And, you know, people, I think that whole price tag debate has sort of um, died down a bit. So nobody's really talking about it. Like, oh, nobody, I'm also probably be talking about how good he has been this season. And that's the funny thing. It's all about agendas on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And then Pep, his tactics, right? I mean, yesterday they played, they, they, they had less possession against Arsenal. And they, they was playing longer. They were playing longer balls. They're going a longer route yesterday. But you know, I want to talk about. That's a whole different. But that's not the main reason why I'm talking about tactics. I'm talking about Man City's game, right? So in the game against Spurs, if you remember very well, they started with no fullbacks. I mean, I know Walker is a fullback, but if I'm being honest with you, the way he's playing for Man City, he's playing more like a tall centre back, so of a back three. So in fact, technically, Man City started with no fullbacks in that game against Spurs. Now, the system Man City were playing in that game, I think it was Menel um, Silva. I think Menel Silva was a lot more advanced, but it was Ricolet who was playing in the left side of the, of the back four. So he would talk into midfield, be like an extra midfielder. So, and Walker would be like in the back three. So it was like a 3 3 4 system, if that makes sense. Where <laughs> the two wingers, I think it was um, this guy on the right, Marais on the right, and the left side was um, Grealish. And then inside that middle, it was. Um, then the three was. Um, Rodri, Manuel Silva, and then Rico Lewis when he would talk inside. And the back three would be um, Walker. Center would be, uh, I think it was, who was the guy there? Was it Laporte? And the left side was Aki. I think it was Aki. I can't remember who it was. But I know that was the system. And then it was Rodri. Silva, this guy was put on the bench. Um, what was his name? The Brenner was put on the bench. And then it would, they put him, um, this guy, he's more like a, like a, like a 10, if, if that makes sense. Was there. And then it was Haaland and um, Alvarez up front in that game. So it was like that 3-3-4 kind of system. So also like, what were they, were they playing? Now in that game, even though Spurs won that game, Massey did have a lot going against them in that game. Roger wasn't playing well. Um, Nico Lewis clearly wasn't playing well in that system. He wasn't. He was getting bullied a lot. So a lot of things didn't go well for Massey in that game. Aside the fact that Spurs also played well and deserved that win. But what did they do? Man City stuck with that system. Against Villa, Rodri plays better. De Bruyne starts. I think De Bruyne starts. Silva is now playing in that left that side where um, this guy, Rico Lewis, was playing. And then De Bruyne 
comes in. I think Gundogan. It was Gundogan this time. It was Gundogan comes in. I think De Bruyne. I think no. I think I'm not making a mistake. It was Gundogan. Gundogan starts this time. Um, the ha- Haaland. Okay, yeah, De Bru- oh, sorry. It was no average. It was De Bruyne, and then Haaland was similar to like that. De Bruyne comes to the side. It's similar to that. So, um, Man City. The system they play, they are a lot more. They play a different system this time, and they are a lot more dangerous, right? It's not quite similar, but it's, it's move the personnel around. Rodri plays better. Rodri scores like the first under the first ten minutes. Scores Villa. They had a convincing win against Villa in summary. In this game against Arsenal yesterday, yes, they were more defensive. But I was watching. I mean, I watched the first half. The second half, I don't know. I was very tired for the whole day. I was quite busy and I, f- I fell asleep in the second half. So I was able to catch the highlight for the second half. But the first half, I saw. I saw what I was talking. I was looking at. I saw Silva at left back. Pick, Bernal Silva left back picking up the ball from that side. I saw him there. I saw Haaland. And now Man City um, scored scored first. Man City scored first to 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 via a mistake from Tomiyasu. I, I don't want to go over the I don't want to go over the mistake that much because I, I think that if you look at it, yeah, I don't know it's I don't know what he would have done differently. I don't know, maybe okay, yeah, maybe we should just put the ball out. Maybe more of a lack of awareness thing. But pass the ball back and De Bruyne intercepted and passes the ball back in, <laughs> and you know that finish wasn't easy at all. Let's be real, it wasn't an easy finish. It was very difficult and De Bruyne made it look easy. And that was it. One nil, one one. Arsenal get a dodgy penalty. And this is the thing here. Why that penalty is dodgy is because okay, fine. And the explanation the commentator gave was, you know, um, at that point, you know, Inketia wins the ball. But this guy clashed into him. Now, if it was into the pitch, if it was in the other side of the pitch, and you push the ball past the attacker, and you get clashed into, you know, you would be, you would be given the, you would be can the goal, you would be given a yellow card, the foul. But this is the thing. Why I said it was dodgy. This guy was already on the yellow card. I just was on the yellow card. So if this is yellow card, I'm happy he didn't get sent off. But if this is on the yellow card. If he's on the yellow card, then why, why didn't you give him a second yellow? This is what we're talking about with our referees. And also. I remember very well that um, because the, because it was a foul, right? Um, Callum Wilson against Spurs, right, when Callum Wilson scored, um, Loris came out. I think Callum Wilson sort of pushed Loris, and then he was able to. Loris came out, tried to get the ball, got into each other, and then he pushed Loris, and then he got the ball, and then he passed and scored one 0 That was Callum Wilson. You know, it, it's one of those things you you look at and ask yourself. You know, some things don't make sense. The keeper is getting shot under the stick here. Right? What was he, what did Ederson expect to do in that situation? Ederson comes out to kind of catch the ball, right? Um, this guy passes the ball and then he was cleared off the line and it was given as a penalty. You know, for me, I don't think it was a penalty. I think that that whole thing just didn't make any sense to me. You know, maybe the rule book, I know that it's a pen, but I, I just don't understood why that was. Because just look and say, what was he expected to do there? I mean, what do you expect him to do? He goes out, tries to get the ball, Katia gets the ball first. And then it's given as a pen. It was just one reason I just didn't understand. Anyways, it's one of those things you just look at and just move on. But you know that was just, that that was just like a blip. You know, Saka scores one month like a blip. But I think Man City was going to win because when I saw Jorginho in midfield, I was like, yeah. Listen, if if, if I didn't look at the lineup for Arsenal when it, when I for the game, I didn't really look at it that much because I was just looking at that stuff. When the game started, and I look, I noticed it was Jorginho. I was like, yeah, they're not going to win this game. They're not going to win this game. I mean, because listen, the mistake people always made was calling Georgina a DM. This is the thing. I think he's more of like that deep line playmaker. And is it is the word the Italian word? Is it like trequatista? I think that's it. Where 
is a deep line playmaker. But this is the thing here. That is the role Andrea Pirlo played at AC Milan and Juventus. That's the role um Andrea Pirlo. Yeah, there's somebody that I'm trying to come to mind, trying to remember. But okay, yeah, and even at Napoli, when Giorgino played that role, he had Alan be- beside him. I think I talked about this on when they were announced. He had Alan beside Alan. At AC Milan, Pirlo had Gattuso. So he didn't really have to do a lot of defensive dirty work. He has defensive, yeah, but he had a lot more emphasis on his on his the other emphasis of his his strength was emphasized in other it was glorified in other parts. He wasn't so Gattuso was the destroyer, the guy who was doing the dirty work. At at uh, Juventus, it was Arturo Vidal. At um at um this at um, this team, um at Napoli was Alan for, for him, for Jorginho. At Chelsea, even the year Chelsea won the Champions League, and I, I think I remember, if I can remember correctly, it was Jorginho, and there was Kante by his side. So play, that kind of tactic requires that kind of personnel by his side. So Jorginho coming in is somebody who will play, who's supposed to play alongside Party, not in place of Party, right? Not in place of Party, but alongside Party. You know, there was just a difference. And I know and there are times when they will come out and they won't want to give judgment, but they will pass it sideways and all that. It's, it's just one of those things you see and you just know, yeah, just wasn't it. They needed somebody a lot more energetic, younger, and all that. Jorginho just wasn't that signing. And this is why I said I was happy with General Window for Arsenal because it wasn't because... I mean, if I'm happy about Arsenal General Window, that says a lot. It wasn't because I felt like they were, it was a good sign or anything. But I looked at all of them, from Modric to Trossard, from Caicedo to... Jorginho and then I don't remember who were the centre back but the centre back signing is the only one who's never gonna play. And then that when you look at it, I was like, nah, that was just that just wasn't it. But I'm happy that that's what they got. <laughs> I'm happy that's what they got to be fair. <clears throat> Another thing I want to talk about quickly is Man City. You know, this one thing that makes Man City a scary team to compete against for a title race. You know, you could start the season with them. You know, you could start and then you could be all... They will start have mixed starts. You would have a very great start to the season. And then mid-season, they just catch you. This is not about Guardiola. I like about Guardiola, right? You know, a lot of managers would start a system and stick with it till the season ends. Guardiola would start a season and then mid-season, he would try and tweak things and it would, it would come up with something new and to work. It's a very risky thing because, you know, it's... It might not work and then everything falls apart in your face because you know you're mid-season when everybody's going and that's the time you're trying a new tactic and then it's, it's it doesn't work so this is also why now i remember the, I remember the season when he didn't have to do this was the 17 18 season when they won the league and he had that system that was just working all through the next season that was 17 18 19 season that was when they won the league also i think that was similar also they didn't really have to worry about that 1920 season you know that was the year they lost centre back, they lost company, um, they they didn't have a centre back. So that entire season they didn't sign a centre back. They went all and then Liverpool won the league. That's probably what compared to why Liverpool, why they could not really challenge Liverpool that much. However, Liverpool deserve to win that title. I'm not trying to carry it away from Liverpool. That being said, you know, if you if you look at and then that was that season, right? Then the season in 2020-21 season they brought Ake and brought Ruben Diaz. That's window. You know, I remember they tried chase the centre backs were chasing that summer. As, after signing, I think after signing Ake, they chased Ruben. They chased this guy, Jimenez at first from Atletico Madrid. Didn't work. Chased Jules Kounde. Didn't work. And then finally got Ruben Diaz. So that was three times, three targets, all of probably the same quality. And then they were able to get. They finally get one that was able to come in and then replace company for them. 
but that was what man still were able to do really well right and then that season was a year when you know there was no striker oh, no striker how are they going to do this jesus was not scoring aguero was i think aguero was just not as you know i think he was having injuries and then they started their force nine system in midfield I think De Bruyne was playing the first nine from middle of the season around that was when they started winning 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 and they just won the league like that the next season to the same thing so what I've noticed is this right Guardiola has a system could last him for two seasons and then in the next season he's not afraid to change things up in mid-season so this season when they started this season and they lost they sold Zinchenko and Jesus it's like Zinchenko Guardiola's system was heavily reliant on that that midfielder who would talk in into midfield, left back, talk into midfield, and become an extra midfielder. And then in in play, in in on the field, they have like a different um, kind of um, positioning on the field, the way they, they play. So it was different the way they position. The way they start is yes, but the way they play on the pitch, you would see there is a difference. The responsibilities on the pitch was very different. Now with Zinchenko gone, I think the thing we were trying was that back for a four three one. I think four three three where you would have the right back talk inside as one of the back three and then the left back who was Cancelo would be like an extra winger he would just go forward and just attack worried about defending the game between Man City and Southampton I remember that there was a goal Cancelo scored which proves which sort of you know would only happen because of the role he was playing he was like an extra winger where he would have that he had that feint where he would just he just feint cut out two Southampton defenders and just pass going to the net and scored to, to score that goal in that game that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, if you look at Man City, so Guardiola did that. Now January loses Cancelo because of some whatever in inside um, more of like a disagreement, bus stop, whatever. And then now he's forced to try and system. Didn't bring in a new left back. Didn't bring in anybody and anybody in to replace Cancelo. And guess what? Rico Lewis comes in, and then Rico Lewis didn't work, and then plus Benazir. Now it's working. This is the thing. It's working now. Their last two matches they've won. I think they beat, even though they, yeah, they beat us now in, in the League Cup, in the FA Cup, I get it. But this is the thing that I think we'll always play that game, if I remember correctly. I can really watch the FA Cup match a lot. But my point is, mid season they've discovered something. And this is not about what makes Guardiola scary. You could start the season so well, and he starts it so poorly. Unlike many other managers, he won't stick with that style and try to hope that it works. Okay, fine. I know Guardiola is stubborn on a 6 time. What I mean is that tactic is what I'm talking about, right? He would. And this is this was so on Guardiola like before now. It was somebody who would stick to that. He was very stubborn, you know, that, that. But I noticed this is like a very recent thing. He would try and twist things up mid-season and try try something else. Not like he's obviously he's similar. He's his basic tiki taka, not not basically tiki taka, but his basic system of short passes, moving the ball quickly, positional play. That one is still there. I'm talking about formation. In I'm talking more of formation. He would. He would not be afraid to really change things up misses, and that's one of the things that makes Guardiola really scary. You think you're out of sight, and then mid-season he comes up with that change, and then he just starts winning. This is a challenge for us now. Are you gonna be? If you're not Liverpool, Liverpool fans know very well they had to keep winning every week to catch up with Man City, and even despite that, you still still wasn't enough. I mean, deadline last day of the season, last season, last day of last season, um, Liverpool going to the season they could have won the league on the last day. All they did was as some level two goes up against Masti. Masti come back when he leaked, win the game three two. Gonna go and score two. That is Man City. That's who you are going to be challenging against. So not only can they win all their many matches, Masti can win all their many matches. Just so you know, Masti can also, 
even if they are two goals down, they can come back and win that game. I mean, they've shown a reason. The game against Spurs, they had a comeback win. I think there was a game against Newcastle, so they had to come back also. You know, they, they, they didn't win that game, but, you know, they had to come back on different occasions. Like, I think we were 3-1 down. They had to come back to 3-3. So, it's not like it's a walk in the park if you're against Man City. So, they have ways to really... And with Arsenal, they are winless in four matches in all competitions. That is worrying, okay? It's it's turning into a habit. You have to break that. You have to break that this as quickly as possible. If you don't break it, it festers and then it creeps in, slowly seeps into the team's mentality, and then everything just gets forced apart. So if you look at Man City and Arsenal, Man City have to win the many matches, right? They, they can they don't do it before they can do it again. Man Arsenal, the way they've started this year, they haven't looked very good this year, right? Can they do it? And that's the question. That's the question mark over Arsenal. Can they do it? And we'll see. But most football fans will be like, yeah, Man City is going to do it. Because, I mean, if you're a betting man, who has done it before? Man City, who has experienced it? They've done it twice, not even once. Twice. So, I mean, twice, I think twice, three times. They've done it more than... They had a 14-game streak in 17, 18, 17, 18 season. Or 18, 19 season, sorry. They had a 14-game streak. 14 straight wins where they eventually got to 100 points. became the Centurions. So, they've done it before. Um, the 2020-21 season, they had that streak also. Last season also they had that winning streak. So Man City have done it before. They can do it three times. It's not so it's ingrained in them that style. Can they also not do it? We'll see. Anyways, that's my my take. Obviously, I hope I don't do it. I mean, you know, I don't wish us any, any good. <laughs> that is just fact. <laughs> well, yeah, let me quickly talk, talk about the game. Round of the game quickly. Um, Man City scores the second. Grealish scores the second. The second half. Um, the third goal. Uh, Haaland scores and Haaland hadn't scored in three matches. Well, when he convinced made, made that made that statement, I was like, yeah, he's gonna score in this game, and he did. <laughs> he did. He scored in this game. In that game, well, the, the referee overall, I don't think he was very good. But this might prove my point. If you play well enough, the referee's decision will not matter, right? Referee's mistake. I'm, I mean, yeah, maybe okay. Yeah, the offside, the goal, the penalty that Manchester had that was overturned. But Haaland, I think Haaland was offside. That was the right decision. But again, you know, yeah, man. You know, it's not really some of those things you look at and say, okay, this is the reason why. No, I mean, decisions were very, were very, very, very. Um, it's not really the reason why the decisions were questionable, but it's not really the reason why I would say Manchester. And then look at Arsenal fans trying to say, oh, um, the referee is from Manchester. So I'm like, come on, man. You, this is just a reach. This is a reach. <laughs> you didn't lose God the referees. Is that what limits? Yeah, you didn't lose God the referees. The Brentford game. Again, I, I would say this forever. I will say this for as long as, for as, long as possible. Basically, for, I will say this, I will say this, right? Your reason for losing a match or not winning a match is not because of the referee. So don't call me and say, oh, referee is the reason why. Nah, it's not. Check your team. There's something you didn't do. And you because poor referees just happen every day. And as long as they always happen, because human error is part of the game. And it's one of the things you just always expect to see, you know, whenever you watch football. But yeah, that's... Um, that's all I have to say about this uh, this game. And um, Man City are currently top. Now Arsenal are three points. They still they still have a game in hand. It's the level on point. Man City have a better goal difference. Arsenal have a game in hand. The problem here is Arsenal fans could say, okay, we have a game in hand. But again, it comes back to what I was saying. Can Arsenal do it? Can they win their many matches? Because now they have to win all their matches. Because this form Man City are currently in, they're in that form where they want to win all their matches. Just so you know. Can Arsenal do it? That is the question people will be asking. People need to ask. If they ask, well, it is what it is. But <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't think they can. But we'll see. That remains to be seen if they they do it. But that's my take on this game. I think I've said enough about this. Um, 
it's just one of those things but yeah man stick on religious on their win and i hope they you know they they make sure the scum don't win this league <laughs> and then before i go and talk about the sports takeover um obviously linked with other, on that takeover there was a qsi takeover and it's quite convenient that the takeover news always comes out maybe when sports lose a game or something the last QSI, I think it was after the loss against Man City, if I remember correctly, and now uh, I think of the Villa game the, on, on uh, Boxing on New Year's Day. Oh, that reminds me, Arsenal's next game against Aston Villa. Una Emery, please do something for me <laughs> make sure you beat Arsenal in that next game and continue their on their their non their their streak of not winning matches, right? And at the sports takeover, there was a news that oh yeah, there was an Iranian billionaire who was interested, Iranian American billionaire who was interested in, always interested in taking over Spurs. Um, is the owner part owner of the Phoenix Suns, the team that owned that signed? I think they recently signed um, uh, Kevin Durant as basketball NBA team. But this is my thing, my own my own issue here, right? You know, now sports ownership are saying they are not, the sports are not for sale. I think basically give us, I think at the point, if you give them a really close offer, they will take it. But it makes you wonder if they really want to sell. You know, but I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, whenever I see a news of a takeover, I don't really put a lot of interest, put a lot of um, effort or thinking into it. Because at the end of the day, you know, what's the what's the proof? You know I mean? You, you, you like to get disappointed, so there's no need to put your heart and soul into it and expect a lot. You know, that's just, it's just me. Not willing to put myself myself through all that emotional stress and say, oh, take over. Finally, sports are about to sell, and then you know, inevitable happens. They did offer three point seven five billion pounds, but I think obviously it's going to get rejected. But the extra three point seven five, I think the extra is point seven five billion was the one they say I think they're going to overtake. They're going to take over sports' debts, so I think it's that. But we'll see how it goes. But you know, I think I don't think it was a very, very, very um, bad um, sign. You know, I, I don't know. I don't think it was. It's, I don't know if this takeover news they're going to keep coming. You know, I know maybe it's convenient for you to come after a loss, but maybe it was going to come at anyways. But I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just not really forced about the whole takeover thing, and that's just my my own personal take on the other. And la- oh yeah, I've spoken about everything I will talk about. Um, yeah. So that's it for this episode. Uh, thanks for listening, and um, I'll see you guys by next week Monday. Hopefully, um, Swans are back to winning ways, and um, Arsenal have lost to Aston Villa, and um, their downfall continues. Take it. Have a nice weekend. Bye.